Good morning, Uni Hill Church. Well, here we are virtually back together in mine and Talisha's front room for another week of gathering together. And as always, I just wanted to warmly welcome you into our home, even if it is virtually. I'm so thankful that you've chosen to spend your Sunday morning or whenever you're watching this with us. We both cannot wait until the day that we're able to have this room full of people again, laughing, hanging out and having a good old time. And I'm sure we aren't the only ones feeling that way. But how good is it that this weekend we're finally allowed to have people back over? Today we're going to be continuing on with our ownership series that Pastor Charles launched last week looking at the importance of taking up the challenge to serve and lead within our church community. And I encourage you, if you haven't heard last week's teaching, why not have a listen either after today's service or to some point during the week? Because this idea of ownership, especially in relation to being part of the wider church body, I believe is crucial to seeing each of us continue to grow more in our spiritual maturity and love for one another. But before we get into exploring today's thought, I thought it would be fun to do a quick little moment of live interaction in the YouTube comments and I have a question I wanted to pose to everyone this morning. And that question is this, how many of us have seen or heard some form of advertisement this morning? It could have been on the radio, it could have been a YouTube ad, a Facebook ad, or any other type. And if you have, why not quickly throw a thumbs up for yes or a thumbs down for no in the chat so we can sort of see. I really am curious to see what all your answers will be because by the time we're watching this, I mean, it's probably just past 10.35 on a Sunday morning. So once again, a thumbs up for yes if you've seen an ad or a thumbs down for no. And no, this isn't like the thumbs up or thumbs down on the Gladiator movie starring Russell Coe. Now, another quick question, and once again, put your answers in the comments. How many ads do you think the average person sees per day? And don't just Google it, try and just throw a guess out there into the comments. And I know some of our young adults, you know the answer to this question, so don't spoil it for everyone else. By the time we go to sleep tonight, the average person will have seen just under 6,000 ads in the course of an average day. Let that sink in for a second. Just under 6,000 advertisements trying to get our attention to ultimately lead us to do some sort of action. And the craziest part about this bit of data is that it's from 2007. The estimated number of ads that the average person sees now in 2021 is just under 10,000 per day. Church, we're living in an age of consumerism. At its simplest, consumerism can be described as a condition in society where shopping and the attitudes and practices derived from shopping have come to hold significant sway over our everyday life. And this is not some exploration this morning against buying things because in full transparency, I enjoy, I enjoy Uber Eats and having books from the other side of the world delivered straight to my front door and all the other conveniences that come along with online shopping just as much as the next person. And I really have enjoyed it over the last 18 months. But consumerism is not just the consumption of material objects or possessions. Consumerism could be an attitude and state of our hearts. What is taking priority in our hearts? What are we allowing to have ownership over us? How often have we come to a Sunday service and looked at through purely our point of view? Oh man, someone's sitting in my seat today. Oh man, are they playing What a Beautiful Name Again? I'm so over that song. I'm just not feeling this service today. Oh man, that preacher again? I wonder what I can get up to after the service. Or if we ground this sort in our current context, oh boy, oh boy, it's been a huge week this week. 
I don't know if I could be bothered watching the online service today. I might just catch up later if I get a chance. We have to be careful to not let our Sunday gatherings simply become a religious product that we consume, make us feel good, but also result in us being unchanged. Dallas Willard, in his classic work, Hearing God, writes, Our relationship with God is not a consumerist relationship, nor do Christians understand their faith to be a consumer religion. We don't consume the merits of Christ or the services of the church. We are participants, not spectators. But what does this idea have to do with ownership? What does consumerism have to do with us sitting here at home watching this teaching together today? Great, great question. And it's that very question that we're going to be exploring together today. Today we're going to be asking, how can we take ownership and not simply just consume church? It almost goes without saying that this is a huge topic that many way more intelligent people than myself have written extensively about. And this is by no means a new idea only applicable to our particular point in history. And in our brief time together this morning, we aren't even going to scratch the surface. But hopefully through our time together, the Holy Spirit stirs something within us and perhaps helps us wrestle with this topic. And I know this thought is a hard one. But it is an important one to discuss because I truly believe that the hope for our hurting city, state and world is found in our saviour, Jesus Christ, who reigns above all. Church, there is hope and his name is Jesus. By the very act of being a part of a group of believers, we are choosing to belong to something more than our individual selves. We celebrate with one another. We warn with one another. Paul paints a beautiful picture of this in 1 Corinthians 12, the metaphor of one body with many parts. When we come together, we are no longer just individuals, but we're a part of something more. We're a part of a family of believers who are called sons and daughters of the Most High and Living God. You and I, we are the church. And what a countercultural idea that is in today's day and age. We are living in an age of post-truth, post-modernity and hyper-individualism, but all these things will not overcome the church. Because as Jesus said to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verse 8, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This morning we'll be reading through 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7-11 together and looking at what Peter wrote to the Gentile believers suffering persecution from the Roman Empire and how they were to hold on to the eternal hope and glory found in Jesus. But how can the words of an ancient text written to a foreign people help guide us today? In an age of rabid consumerism, both within and outside the church, the living word of God is an anchor for each and every single one of us. And God wants to meet us in these pages when we abide in his word, as we heard from Jasmine a few weeks ago. So this morning, as we open this passage together, let's take a moment to invite God to meet us wherever we're at and to ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds. Heavenly Father, we give you this moment in time, no matter when we're watching this, Father. We ask that right now, whether we're on a train, whether we're sitting in our front rooms, that you speak to us, Lord, as we open your word. Lord, anything that's not of you, let it fall away, Father. And anything that's of me, let it not be there either, Father. And Lord, we ask right now that you speak to all of us. We love you so much, Father. Amen. The title of my message today is, There Is No I in Church. So if you have your Bibles with you, why not open them up or go grab them? If you have a physical Bible nearby, I encourage you to grab it and why not have it open the whole time and follow along as we read 1 Peter chapter 4, 7-11 together. 
But before we enter into this passage, it's important to set up some context around the original audience that Peter was writing to and what was the cultural backdrop at the time. Most scholars agree that this letter was written by the Apostle Peter roughly around 62 to 64 AD during the persecution of Christians under the Roman Empire. His primary audience was to persecuted Gentile Christians living in various Roman providences across modern-day Turkey, and he was primarily writing to them to encourage them to stand firm for Christ even during persecution. He did this by focusing on their spiritual privileges and the place where their rights and privileges truly lay, not in this life but the next. And as the He Reads Truth Christian Standard Bible points out, Peter's timely message of encouragement in the face of suffering continues to speak to us today. First Peter reminds us of our heavenly hope in the eternal inheritance. We are called to live lives of holiness, glorifying God and imitating Christ in our daily lives. The society that these believers were living in viewed them, like the Jewish people also living there, as hostile to the rest of society. This cultural moment was not just indifferent to these believers, but it was openly hostile to them, often through verbal abuse and discrimination. But even amongst a hostile society, the Apostle Peter reminds us that we have eternal hope found through Jesus Christ. So reading together from verse 7. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is the one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So what is this passage of scripture saying to us as believers living in an age of secularism, consumerism and hyper-individualism? How are we meant to respond? And in this moment, how can we take ownership and not just simply consume church? Let's have a read of verse 7 together again. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. The first answer to our question this morning is this, through prayer. We can take ownership and not just simply consume church through prayer. Because prayer takes our eyes off ourselves and puts them back onto our Saviour where they belong. What could be more subversive, more countercultural, and more beneficial to us than remembering that we are called sons and daughters of the Most High and Living God, and through Him we have freedom? Prayer is foundational to what it means to follow Jesus. And I don't know about you, but the fact that we can commune with our Heavenly Father, regardless of what circumstances we find ourselves in, fills me with so much joy and peace. But when I read that verse, I couldn't help but stop at Peter's choice of words here. Be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. What jumped out at me was the fact that self-controlled and sober-minded are actions that require us to take ownership of ourselves. In the Greek, the term translated as sober-minded is nepho, and apologies to all the Greek speakers out there for our butchering that word, which is defined by Strong's Concordance as to be calm and collected in spirit. When we come to prayer, are we calm and collected in spirit? Or are we upset by the news story that we just read on the internet? Or are our thoughts scattered and distracted by the constant barrage of content we can't just seem to escape and as a result we find it hard to focus on Jesus and to pray for more than a few seconds? Are we filling our minds with scriptures and things that are good, true and beautiful? 
or are we simply buying into the divisive inflammatory noise of the broader culture and society that we find ourselves in and allowing that to shape us? Is this what Peter meant by be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers? And trust me, I'm speaking to myself here first and foremost because it is hard to control our minds and to focus on Jesus. It is way easier to read an article about MotoGP or guitars or watch another episode of The Office than it is to still our minds and enter into prayer. At least it's been my experience. But I truly believe that when we take ownership through prayer, not only our church will change, but our entire cities will as well. For the believers that Peter is writing to, he refers to them earlier on in 1 Peter chapter 2.11 as sojourners and exiles because their ultimate destination wasn't here on earth. It was in eternity because of Jesus' sacrifice and love for them. Are our minds preoccupied with this incredible truth, which will determine and shape our entire view of the world we live in? Or are we preoccupied with the latest news headline or object to distract us from our higher calling? And I want it to be noted, I'm not anti-things or being informed. I enjoy having possessions as much as the next person. But as followers of Jesus, we are called to so much more than just simply consuming the culture around us. We have been given the incredible honour to submit our lives to Christ and to serve him through his kingdom purposes. And this extends to how we respond to being a part of the church and community. We are not meant to just consume church, but by being part of a community, we are meant to grow, to be challenged as well as encouraged to contribute and to be ultimately shaped and championed by those around us to become more and more like Jesus. In a culture that is so built around us and what's going on in the microcosm of our own internal universe, we can often, and I know I have, lose perspective. But prayer is what tethers us amidst our culture and whatever storm we're walking through to our Heavenly Father. What is the antidote for the almost infinite amount of media, things to do in content, both good and bad for us to consume? It's prayer. Do we want to see our faith, intimacy and reliance on Jesus grow? Be challenged and stretch? Let's pray. Why not get bold and step out of our comfort zones and ask God how he wants to use us to impact our community around us? Be it in our families, our neighbourhoods or even in our church community. As Jasmine pointed out once again in an incredible teaching from a few weeks ago, are we spending more time consuming content from pastors we like the devotions that resonate with us than we are in prayer in our Heavenly Father? Are we taking ownership of our faith and diving deeper into the Word of God and prayer? Are we praying for those we don't necessarily agree with? Once again, the Apostle Peter's words in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. As things begin to open back up in Melbourne, why not take time to find new devotional rhythms or simply continue the ones formed over the last 18 months? In this moment that we find ourselves in with everything opening back up, it would be so easy just to simply go back to consuming life as normal, to allow the busyness of life, a full social calendar, activities moving and everything else around us to take centre stage in our lives once more. But all these things are nothing when compared to the eternity that awaits us and the love that our Saviour has for each of us. Let prayer be the anchor in our lives that takes our hearts and minds off ourselves and puts them back onto Jesus where they belong. Let's become and continue to be a counter-cultural people who would rather pray than simply just consume. Imagine what that would do to our communities, our neighbourhoods, our cities, 
Imagine what that, what that would do to each of us on a personal level. And whilst I was preparing this week, I felt prompted to do something a little bit different before we get to our second point. I felt to pray for all those who may feel like their prayer lives become dry and what's even the point of praying. And if that is you this morning, no matter where you are, I would love to pray with you before we move on. Heavenly Father, help us to seek after you, Lord. Help us to meet with you in prayer, Father. Help prayer to become a central tenet of our life, Father. Help us to, if we're feeling dry, Father, to know what it means to sit at the feet of Jesus and to abide, Lord. Help each of us in this season, Father, to draw nearer and deeper into you through prayer, Father. Help us to strive after you in all that we do, whether it be at work, Father, part of a church community, family, it doesn't matter, whatever. Help us seek you in prayer and meet us where we're at, Father. We love you so much, Lord. Amen. One of the points that Pastor Charles shared last week in the first week of this series that really jumped out at me was this idea of practical spirituality. Because over the past 18 months, I have loved the way our community has taken ownership and practically loved one another through the absolutely staggering amount of food deliveries and care packages that have gone out throughout our community and beyond. And look, these haven't all been super great for the old uh, COVID calories, but my goodness were they yummy. And before anyone points it out in the comments, I'm aware of the irony of not talking about simply consuming when over the past 18 months I've consumed a lot of donuts, red velvet cupcakes, had a bit of coconut cake in there as well, some Greek pastizzi, and did I mention donuts? Been a lot of donuts. But during this time, it was incredible the way that everyone, it was an incredible way to love one another and to serve one another, which brings me to my second point this morning. How can we take ownership and not just simply consume church? Through love and service. Because love and service takes our focus off ourselves and puts it onto others. Returning again to our passage of scripture for today and reading together from verse 8 to 11. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the various grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. When I read verse 8, I couldn't help but pause and let that sink in. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. As the ESV study commentary so eloquently puts it, where love abounds, offences are frequently overlooked and quickly forgotten. Who knows in our current cultural moment we need more of that. We are in a point in time right now where we can take ownership of the way we respond to one another, especially around hot topics as Pastor Greg explored a few weeks ago. Because by taking ownership of our words and responses, we are once again putting practicality to our spirituality. Because through responses rooted in the same Christ-like love we have each received, we can show that to those around us, both in our community and outside of it. I know that for myself, I have not always, my responses have not always been from a place of love, especially when responding to people I may not necessarily agree with. But by striving for and maintaining Christ-like love for the people around us, especially those we may find difficult, we are choosing to not just simply consume, but to contribute. And is this easy? I would love to say yes, it's a piece of cake or a donut in my case, 
but it isn't. But we as followers must never forget that we have been shown the ultimate act of love by Christ. And that act of love is what transforms us and allows us to love others and to be so different from the rest of culture. Christ is what sets us apart. And this is what Peter was reminding the believers of in this passage of scripture. But if we continue reading, let's look at verse 9 and 10. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the various grace of God. Now, once again, because I feel I could be open with you all this morning, I'm not always hospitable without complaining. Talisha can tell you that. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that, especially after a long day at work. But hospitality is such a powerful way that we can take ownership of our church and not just consume. And over the past 18 months, as we pointed out, it's been hard because we haven't been able to have people in our homes for a lot of that time. But even then, we've seen such incredible creativity from our community. Food drop-offs, Uber vouchers, Zoom dinner parties and picnics in our parks. Love and service to each other, even when we couldn't be in the same room. Imagine now that when we're reopening again, what this kind of continued hospitality will do to strengthen the relationships with our community with one another. And we already do this so, so well as a community. But I did want to take a moment to acknowledge that not all these things like hospitality will come naturally to all of us. For many of us, especially the younger ones, We've been shaped and preconditioned by the society around us to not ask what can we do for others, but what can others do for us? It's a subtle shift, but the call to follow Jesus is to love God and to love others as ourselves as we see in Matthew 25. And in this passage of scripture, we once again see the countercultural nature of following and living for Jesus. Peter is writing the words found in 1 Peter 4, chapter 7 and 11, uh, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7-11, to believers who were under persecution in a hostile culture that in some cases would cost them their very lives. But even amongst this backdrop, he's telling them to love one another and to serve one another. So how can each of us take ownership this week and find a way to love and serve someone? Maybe it's inviting someone over for a meal now that restrictions allow it and serving them an incredible meal and showing them how love and appreciate they are. Maybe it's calling a friend or a family member who you've been struggling with and letting them know how much you love them or are in fact thankful for them. Or maybe it's even more bold, radical and countercultural than that. Maybe instead of simply zoning out and pacifying ourselves through entertainment, we could take this opportunity to seek God and see how he is still moving all around us. And if I could be bold and potentially controversial, and I'm saying this as much to myself as anyone else, why don't we turn up our TVs, devices at some point this week and really get on our knees and ask God, how can we be of service to our community? How can we show Christ-like love? How can we shift the focus off ourselves and onto others? So as we begin to reopen, let's take up this challenge of ownership to serve and lead within our church community. Let's not just simply consume church, but let's contribute. And how do we do this? through prayer, because it takes our focus off of ourselves and puts them back onto our saviour where they belong. Through love and service, because it once again takes our focus off ourselves and puts it onto others. Let's be a people that are not shaped by the consumeristic culture around us, but are instead continuously refined and shaped through humble submission, love and service to our incredible saviour, Jesus Christ. 
and let's strive to keep our focus on him and off ourselves. Amen. Amen. As we bring this thought and service to a close, I'm aware that we've been talking about our glorious Saviour Jesus and the incredible life-changing transformation that comes out of a relationship with him. And I don't want to miss this opportunity for those that may not have a relationship with him to respond and to find hope and begin the greatest adventure of their life. How do I know that there's hope in a relationship with Jesus? Because simply put, without his love, forgiveness and mercy and undeserved grace, I would not be sitting here speaking to you today. By choosing to ask for forgiveness and to follow Jesus, we're not only saved from an eternity spent apart from him, but we can enter into a real and life-giving relationship with him. So if you are watching, you want to know more about the hope that is found in Jesus, I'm going to pray with you this morning. And from there, I'd love you to get in touch with me by emailing me at jordan at, jordan at because I would personally love to reach out to you and have a coffee with you and get you connected into our community. So let's all pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, for all those who may be watching this morning, Lord, that may not have a relationship with you, Father, we ask right now, you meet them where they're at, Lord. We ask that you reveal yourself to them, Father, and stir and prompt something inside them that makes them want to reach out and get connected in, Father, to enter into a relationship where nothing will be the same again from, Father. And for those of us that may have been walking with you a long time as well, Lord, help us to continue to serve you and to strive after you and really take up this idea of ownership, Father, that we simply won't just be spectators, Father, or participants, Lord, that we'll be actually involved with the work that you're doing in our communities in the kingdom, Father. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you that you are sovereign, you are in control, and we're beginning to re-emerge from the past 18 months, Lord, but help us to cling tightly to you as we do open back up. We love you so much, Father. Amen. Well, thank you for being online with us this week as well. And I hope and pray that this message blessed you, encouraged you, challenged you, and it ultimately drew you closer to Christ. We'll be continuing on with our ownership series next week as well. So make sure you tune in 10 a.m. to our Sunday service as well. And once again, if you need anything at all, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at info at unihillchurch.com.au. Can't wait to see you all soon. Have a great rest of your Sundays and weeks. God bless.